You've turned on Sexy Marriage Radio, where the best sex is happening in the marriage bed. Here are your hosts, Dr. Corey Allen and Shannon Etheridge. So, I was thinking the other day that, you know, because we, we talked about show prep and what, what are episodes we want to do, and that kind of spurs thinking, you know, when we're off the air and, and doing our lives and whatever, Shannon. And, and I got to thinking about, you know, this episode with, you know, we've done shows before on the idea of honeymoon and tips for the virgin and tips for the wedding night or tips for the honeymoon, tips for the marriage prior while you're dating. This one's going to be a little different, uh, a little overlap, but it'll also be a little different. But I got to thinking of, of, of my experience with wedding day. Yeah. And I don't know if I've ever shared this. Uh, no. In public. Um, <laughs> We're talking 21 years ago, right? 22. 22. Over 22 now. Yeah. And um, so the, the wedding day was great just because a bunch of friends came in town for the wedding. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Pam and I had been dating for four and a half years. So. Yeah. Oh my! We've known each other for a long time, and so the whole day was just spent hanging out with my friends, with my buddies, because the wedding was at night, and we did the whole "I'm not going to see you until you come down the aisle" thing. Mm-hmm. And so I saw her at the rehearsal the night before, and then I was not going to see her again until she came down the aisle. Mm-hmm. And so we played basketball with some buddies, and you know, we just went all day long. But I was nervous all day, so I didn't eat really anything all day. And if you <laughs> if you drink champagne on an empty stomach, oh, no. <laughs> it doesn't. It's not a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, wedding night was fun and not fun. <laughs> How did you feel? Were you uh, just like so nauseous? Uh no, I was very very crampy and just kind of oh. you know. So it was one of those. You know, the whole evening was fine. We we had the the, the ceremony, the reception, and then we get to the hotel and we just kind of relaxed showered kind of just hung out you know kind of got the whole thing out of the way if you will and then i woke up in the middle of the night just feeling awful and, oh, and, no. it, and it wasn't till the next morning with the buffet you know at the hotel that i actually started getting so, and it's like well no duh if you don't eat <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I remember i did the same thing we were just so busy doing all the preparations that i went into the wedding and the reception not having a lot of sustenance, but at the reception, you're so busy talking to yeah. everybody. And we literally left there and realized other than that one bite of cake that yeah. we smeared on each other's face, haven't eaten. we didn't get anything. So yeah, the first thing that we did when we got to the hotels, we ordered room service, yeah. banana Foster's cheesecake. I'll never forget it. It good, was like so great. Good plan. And uh, <laughs> before we do the formal intro of the show, I have to add that's, this gives credence to um, a, a minister I worked for, for a while that, he and his wife, they did their ceremony in this in the auditorium of the church, and then the reception was going to be in the back building. You know, so it was all on campus, larger church, and they were going to be leaving. You know, soon, so they were going to change after the ceremony, and then they had their different reception outfit, just because yeah. that's a South thing. I know, um, I did that. And so, but what they did is they had the philosophy of you know the reception is really for family and friends. So they changed, got in a car, and went to the airport and got on a plane. No. Yes. They didn't Did everybody even show know up. that that was what they were going to do? Nobody knew. <laughs> so the bride and groom never showed up yep. at their own reception? I think, I think a parent knew and was able to say, hey, we're just going to celebrate, chance to be with everybody, but they've already left. 
I'm like, wow. I kind of like that, actually. That's courage. I kind of <laughs> like that. That's kind of like the elope, you know, or it's just there the two you of you. So, hey, but at, but, least, at least you fed them. You know, you know? That's true. <laughs> yeah. And that's the point. But, but the point of this show is not for us to reminisce. The point of this show is Sexy Marriage Radio, where we want to talk about married sex and all that it can be. All that it is, all that it's not, uh, who knows where it goes sometimes when we're, when we're doing a show. Some of this is uh, completely made up on the fly, and that's the beauty of it, because that's sometimes the way sex is. It's completely made up on the fly, and it's shot down on the fly. And, <laughs> no pun intended. Right, there's all kinds of different things. Oh, I see what you just did there. <laughs> but if you want to let us know what questions you may have, because questions from our listeners is what fuels future topics, so send us emails at feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. Also, there's the Sexy Marriage Radio getaway, getaway going on September 17th through the 20th here in the DFW area. It's an easy flight straight into DFW. A shuttle will pick you up, take you to the Marriott Solana in Westlake, which is just you know Stunning. a 20-minute drive, Stunning maybe. Mm-hmm. And we're going to have four days of a getaway. It's not four days of a workshop. It's four days of a getaway. So it's you, your spouse, us, some other couples. We're going to be hanging out, but you're also going to get a lot of time just to hang with your spouse. So come join us, please. Yeah, and some people have asked the question, well, now, you know, What's going to be the difference between this and just getting away, just the two of us by ourselves on a getaway? Yep. And yeah, I, I want to address the fact that synergy is an awesome thing. Yes. And if, if you have ever been to a Tony Robbins conference or Promise Keepers or a Women of Faith or you know whatever, you know that when you are in the presence of other like-minded people who are there with the same goals and mindset as you, that that energy it just it permeates mm-hmm. the crowd and it literally sinks into the fibers of your DNA and mm-hmm. you leave there with so much more passion than you would have if you had just went off somewhere and read a Tony Robbins book right you know type of a thing you get right. what I'm saying right so yeah come to the pep rally come and get really really excited yep. about married sex and uh, get to know a few other people and Corey and I are both custom tailoring special um, uh, talks and it's, it's not going to be like boring lecture no, type no. head stuff. No, but, but we are going to be sharing from our hearts, deeper stuff than we can even possibly share on the radio, but we promise it is going to be so stinking mm-hmm. fun. It's going to be worth it. Yeah. It's, it's going to, it's going to take your sex life to a much deeper level, especially when you learn how to infuse it with all the fun that we're going to be infusing it. Yes. Cause it, it's worth it. So sign up now, uh, please come join us. So, We've already alluded to this, that the wedding night, because we've had emailers and we have listeners and I, I love that we have single listeners and we have dating listeners and they show some forth, forethought and some preparatory stuff of, okay, wait, this is going to be a part of my life. I want to be, I want to know more. Right. And what I really love is when these single people tell us that it was their parents who turned them on to the show. Yes. That it's like it's it's like their parents realized uh, there's no way that I could download all the information to you <laughs> that you could and yes. should have. So just start listening to these guys. Right. So yeah, if, if you honor. are yeah, if you are in this boat of somebody that's dating or are curious or waiting, interested, nervous, <laughs> whatever, there's a couple of episodes we've done already. So you mm-hmm. could just uh, use the sidebar search, the search bar in the sidebar that says, and, and type in dating, pre- uh, premarital, that kind of stuff, and you'll see those. But this is this one's going to be a little more detailed. So let's let's go. 
Uh, yeah, and I would say this one was is probably the one where you need to start uh, because we're we're gonna. Don't you agree? Yeah, let's go. Yep. Yeah, that that we're not just talking about what's gonna physically happen on your honeymoon night. We know that that it's in and of itself creates some anxieties, but Corey, based on the conversations that I've had with many of my single friends, um, I think that there's an, a, a huge anxiety that comes with the not knowing what to expect mm -hmm. and not knowing what the their fiance mm -hmm. expects in the way of sex. Yes. Um, and they don't know how to have these conversations because, yes. like I said, parents have not done a very good job having these, you know, modeling these conversations with us. Right. And so how do you find out whether or not you're on the same page sexually with someone that you're trying not to have sex with? Now, I, let's just go ahead and give the, the disclaimer here and now. Many of you probably are already having sex because 90% of people walk down the aisle having already had sex with one another. And so our first assignment to you prior to the wedding is stop having sex. There, there needs to be an element of freshness and newness to create that excitement that you're looking for in your honeymoon. And if you just had sex two or three days before, right? I, I don't know. I just, I think that there's something kind of, yeah. It's, it's missing what it could be. Yeah, it's it's just the same old. Yeah. Anyway, so for those of you who have never had sex, or maybe you've had sex with other people, but you've never had sex with each other, um, I know that there's some anxieties that come along with you know what's going to be okay mm -hmm. in their minds. Are they willing to blank? And I'm sure that there's about ten different things that they could fill in the blank with. Right. So. Corey, you had mentioned some tools that you can actually find on the internet to help them have these conversations with each other in a really healthy yeah. preparatory way. Yeah, there's there's a there's a link I've posted before, and I'll do it on the show notes for this episode at at sexy marriage. If you go to sexymarriageradio.com, it'll forward you to it. Um, but it's it's our intimate choices is is the it's a download. It's two or three pages, and it's and it goes through quite a bit of detail of I'm okay with this. I'm not okay with this. I'm not sure about this. And these are just, and this goes into a lot of things from language to toys, to positions, to oral, to anal, yeah, to, all kinds yeah. of things to BDSM right. kind of things. I mean, there's, there's lots of, it covers the whole gamut of things and it's, and it's a great tool to use to just bring about the conversations. We've, we've put it on a show before for marriage. You know, for married couples, because married couples don't even have these kinds of conversations sometimes. So I was going to say, I, I know right now that there are married people going, right. well, maybe we should take a yeah, look absolutely. at that. Absolutely. It's, it's maybe worth we it. We could talk about it more. Because and some, totally people, right, some people think that their premarital counseling might cover some of this stuff. And lots of people won't have these kinds of conversations with their whoever's doing their premarital counseling. There's not instruments, you know, a lot of the premarital instruments that are out there to help talk about compatibility and where you're going to have issues with communication and where you're going to have issues with parents Money and whatever. And parenting and, yeah. They're, they don't go into sex. And I that think that much. that's sad. It is. I think, I think that it's really sad that most of the people who do premarital counseling with couples are pastors or counselors, and you can become both without taking a single human sexuality class. Yep. And so a lot of times it's simply, they're not comfortable with the topic because they haven't been exposed to a lot of tools or information or resources. Yep. 
So you've come to the right place. Yeah. So it's it's worth having those conversations. And this isn't something you necessarily need to have with another person as far as a, a therapist or a counselor. You need to have it with your soon-to-be spouse. Exactly. That's the point. Exactly. Those conversations take place between the two of you. If another party is a part of it just to help facilitate, so be it. But you need to have it. And you, and you can. You're capable of it. Yeah. I, the whole thing about, um, you know, what are we going to do? that first night and then what are we going to do the second night and and are they willing to try this or that um i think that it really is okay to ask your spouse in advance if there's something in particular that you're just really eager to try and you're really hopeful that your spouse is game and on board with that plan it is okay to ask how do you feel about that mm-hmm. like i i would imagine that if god forbid anything ever happened to my husband and I were single again for a season. And if I started entertaining notions of getting married, getting remarried, I think that there are some questions that I would want to put out there on the table to say, you know, is, is this um, is this something you're totally comfortable with? Is this something that you have anxiety about, but you're willing to try? Is this something that you're totally repulsed by and you're never willing to go there? Right. I, I do think that couples kind of owe it to each other to let them know in advance, what are the deal breakers? Right. Like I know there was this one gal that I knew for a really long time and she looked so forward to marriage and she actually didn't get married until her early, early thirties. I mean, she was really, really patient, waited for the right guy and um, was just totally in love with him. But she had always really looked forward to being the recipient of oral sex. Okay. It was something that she had experienced as a teenager. Of course she regretted it then because the guy, you know, just kind of loved her and left her type of a thing. But she did, it did register on her pleasure radar that, wow, this feels really good. Mm -hmm. And I'm looking forward to having a lot of that in marriage. However, she didn't find out until after the ceremony, until after the honeymoon, that her husband felt as if any oral sex, whether given or received, was, he used the term animalistic and he used the term gross. Mm -hmm. She was devastated. She was devastated because most women can't, have sex, or I'm sorry, have uh, orgasm during intercourse. And that was another question that we got recently. Somebody was actually expressing um, disbelief that they hadn't been able to experience an orgasm during intercourse. Most women don't. Right. Like over 70% of women do right. not have an orgasm that way. It has to be very intentional. Go back and listen to our other shows about G-spot orgasm, about clitoral orgasm. But so if intercourse is all there is, and he's not willing to perform oral sex, I would imagine her next questions on her list would be, are you comfortable with sex toys? Because or with, if, or with using your fingers. <laughs> something or, like, yeah. in other words, how am I supposed right. to have my orgasm? Right. What's up for me? Exactly. And I think that it may have been a matter of just his upbringing, of just a very narrow-minded, legalistic right. upbringing right. that – you know, missionary position once a week lights out. I, I think that that actually gets ingrained in some men, not just women. Yep. And, and so I just think that he needed to know what his wife's expectations were before he made the commitment. And I, I wish that they could have had that conversation prior to marriage. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. That, that would have helped uh, clear up some, some disappointment that was happening. It would have helped her make a much better judgment call mm-hmm. on whether this is something she wanted to commit to. And mm-hmm. I think she probably would still would have made the same decision. She totally loved the guy. He was great in so many different ways. Yeah. But at least she would have known what she was signing up for. Yeah. If she knew going in that, uh, yeah, oral sex is not going to be happening. 
in either direction. Yeah. But, you know, I applaud her. They're still married. And Good. she has just she has adjusted her repertoire to match his so that they just enjoy doing what they're both comfortable doing. And that's well, so that they enjoy what he's comfortable doing. Well, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, come on. <laughs> well, I mean, she's, she's comfortable doing those things, too. Right. Well, that's the sex's leftovers. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I would love it if they accidentally stumbled upon this show and knew that I was talking about them and um, that maybe he got challenged to maybe come out of his comfort zone a little yeah. and listen to some of the shows that we've done on oral sex. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I got nothing else to say, so. Yeah. So yeah, have the conversations ahead of time. Don't feel bad about it. And I would say, don't even feel as if you have to wait until you're fully engaged and you've made the announcement to everybody. Corey, do you think that it's okay for a couple who's been dating for a while and is considering engagement to even go ahead and have these conversations well, as a preliminary? Of course, because isn't, engagement? I mean, isn't a component of why you're dating going to lead to that? Yeah. I mean, come on. I mean, we yeah. don't we don't just have sex with somebody we meet in the grocery store and then right. move on. You know, it's there's there's a component of a relationship that's created and that's something you're working towards, both of you most likely. So mm -hmm. why not have the conversations? That can all be foreplay. I love that. So healthy it, foreplay. It is. It's just and, it's a it's a knowing me and it's a knowing you. Mm-hmm. And I mean, they usually have the conversation about what their sexual history has been like. If they haven't, they should. Maybe, yep. Because uh, I think that that's, you know, and I think that we've done other shows on how much information is too much information right. type of a thing. But there needs to be a basic foundation laid, a basic understanding of what that person brings to the table and what they don't uh, yep. in the way of history. But yeah, um, have the conversations as early as you feel comfortable with them before the ring goes on the finger if possible because well, it's really this, embarrassing to have to go back and tell people uh yeah we decided to call off the engagement because we found out that right. we're not compatible well but this is also having the conversations because um if you're going into a dating relationship with a mindset of i'm only going to be willing to go so far while dating yeah then i need to have conversations about that as as well of just hey this is this is kind of what I'm looking for. This is what I'm comfortable with. This is what I is in line with my values. And yeah. that's the main thing is I, I wanted to make sure everybody's clear. We're not saying our way is the right. You have to do this. We're just saying you need to live according to what you hold dear and what you have as a value. Where there's a spiritual connotation to it, like we have of, yeah, sex. We want to we want to reserve sex for married life. That's yep. that's the goal. We think that's a biblical thing. But hey there's still things that people probably reserve even if they're doing a bunch of other things. And there's right. still a lot of Christians that did everything, but intercourse, right. Well, that's still being sexual. So it's the idea of, okay, hold on. I need to just be clear of this is what I believe in. This is what I hold dear. This is also what I'm unsure of. And that's a, you think about that kind of a conversation with somebody you're dating, Shannon, you have a conversation with somebody says, Hey, well, how do you, what do you think about, um, if we were to do the 69 position at some point and they're like, I don't know. I don't know. That exactly. Because they out, but they've never, right. but it freaks them out because it's unfamiliar. Right. And anything unfamiliar freaks people out. Right. That's just the nature of the beast. Right. So it really is okay to say, 
I don't think I could give an educated answer to that until that's something I've experienced, yeah. but it's not something that I'm willing to experience until marriage. The only thing I can say to you is I'm willing to give anything a try. I'm even willing to try it more than once to see if yeah. I can develop a comfort yeah. with it. But I can't promise you unequivocally that I'm going to be comfortable with all of that, with anything and everything, but I'm willing to try. But anybody that's willing to answer that honestly, they should, in the whoever it is that asked the question, gone up in the attraction level. Yeah. Because now all of a sudden, it's somebody you have a more real picture of. Not this whole, oh, I'm good with whatever, baby. I want to do what. Okay, <laughs> what? You're just trying to get in my pants. That's the whole point. Exactly. That's all you want. That is that is answering out of your emptiness. And right. I'm just so desperate for you to pick me, pick me. Right. Uh, so that, that's where that's, pick me, pick me. that's a growth thing of, yeah. okay, this is a chance for you to grow in the eyes of your soon-to-be spouse or fiance or whoever it may be. But it's just a willingness to confront myself. It's yeah. a willingness to say, I don't know about that, but I'm not going to dismiss it right away. Or, yeah, I've had experience with that before, and no, it's not something I'm interested in. That may turn yeah. you off. Okay, so be it. You know, but it's it just this whole now. now. Yeah, it's not a bill of goods that I'm selling you. It's not a bait and switch. There's another show right. we've done. It's, you know, some of that kind of stuff. So we need to transition to some of the practical things that we've not talked about. Okay. Well, one more, one more thing I, I want to say that it may be easier to have these conversations with other people asking your sister, asking your coworker, asking your friend, asking your, even your counselor, uh, these types of questions. Uh, cause I know that there've been a lot of women who've come to me for, you know, counseling or coaching and, you know, they would ask these premarital questions like, well, one girl was like, what about rimming? And I'm like, what about it? <laughs> and she was just like, is it okay? And I was like, is it okay with you? And for those who are listening who don't have a clue what rimming is, it basically means your partner uses their tongue to just go along the outskirts of your anal canal, but not into your anus, not into your rectum. Right. And, uh, and, and she was just like, well, I think I would be okay with it, but I don't, I don't know if he would be. And I said, you know what? I can't answer that right. question for you. Why are you asking me that question? Wrong you need person. to ask your fiance. <laughs> that question. And she's just like, Oh, that would just freak me out. I just don't know if I could do that. Um, but yeah, it, but see, work up the courage. that's what's so interesting is it freaks me out to bring up something I may want to do with the person I'm going to bring it up with. <laughs> or that I'm going to do it with. Yeah. Right. Or that I'm going to want to have to do like, it to me. Hold on. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's like, how can you be so much more comfortable talking to other people about it? But right. isn't that what was taught to us in our families of origin? Yes. We didn't feel comfortable talking to our parents and going to the source of information. Yeah. So we asked our friends instead. Yeah. Who and are always asked, so accurate. Oh, yeah. Reliable sources of information <laughs> that they are. Jeez. So, yeah, some practicalities. Yes. Of you know, Once you've had the conversations, once the wedding band goes on the finger, once you've bought the, the honeymoon trousseau and you've booked the reservations, I, I know that anxieties come up about what do I need to do to be prepared? Like literally physically, now we're down to the physical. Now we're not just talking about the emotional and the connection and all we're talking about physically. What do I need to do? Right. So here's my best advice to girls. It was actually um, some advice given to me prior to marriage. Some of the only actual health, uh, helpful advice that was given to me prior to marriage, but um, lube. Yep. Astroglide. Yep. Wet. KY something. Something, and I don't, I don't recommend the KY jelly because it just gets really sticky really fast. I really recommend a okay. 
a liquid lube, but I think that KY may have a liquid. They have, yeah, that's all liquid. I mean, there's a lot of liquid products now. Yeah, go with a, a liquid because before that honeymoon is over, you're going to be reaching for that lube. Yeah, and that's okay that. because that's that's something you got to combat. That sometimes people are thinking, well, there should be enough natural lubrication. And if you're young, no, there may not be. If you're there, may not be. Yeah, if you're and a if young he, woman, you're just not there yet. And if he's not comfortable performing oral sex yet, and yep. hopefully he will eventually, then you're not going to have the saliva to yep. produce the natural lubrication. So, and yeah, if you're I, not comfortable performing a blowjob, then he's not. You're not. He's not going to. So, I mean, there's the whole concept of. Right. Both of us are trying to just grow into this new thing. And so use the aids available. Right. That, that's the whole point. And I would say to that girl also who's nervous about giving her first blowjob, when you're about to like move away and let him penetrate you, just leave a lot of saliva on his penis mm -hmm. because that will also help with the lubrication. Exactly. Because I know, especially a virginal girl is very, very nervous about having that big thing inside of her. And it's like, oh baby, that passage is designed to pass a 10 pound baby eventually. Yep. So having that penis is not going to be that horrible, but it may be uncomfortable at first and that's okay. So I would suggest just go ahead and take like an Aleve or, you know, some sort of aspirin or Tylenol in advance, just mm -hmm. right before you start having sex. And that way you just kind of have that comfort of knowing if, the, if there's discomfort, I've got something in my system to help me with that. Now, don't knock yourself out with morphine or you no, know, that's volume a good point. or anything. But, that's a good point. I've not heard that before. That's a good yeah, one. Just to, to take a little something to just yeah. help you relax. Or a glass of wine. Yeah. You could do the same thing if you're a wine drinker. Yeah, and that's, and um, that's a also, good thing for lots of couples, I think, of just having a glass of something. Don't go overboard, but just, ha just to take right. the edge of anxiety off. Just to kind of ease into things. Because... The one thing that I hear from couples where the honeymoon or the wedding night was horrible was two things that contribute to it. One, actually it'd be three. Two, one, they had so many expectations that were not voiced. Right. Two, they rushed it. Mm. And, and three, they had too much to drink. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So those, I... <laughs> the, a component of those or one of those can really derail things. And if you're wanting this thing to be a culmination of the two of you, then put yourself in the best opportunities to have that. Right. Bring your best self to yeah. the table. And yeah, as much as I'm a big promoter of use fantasy to turn yourself on, use fantasy, use fantasy, I would say that uh, temper that on your honeymoon night going in because sometimes fantasies are kind of like expectations. It's yeah. just planned disappointments, as yeah. you have said before. I love that expression. So just, just let it happen organically yeah. with no expectations, with no set fantasies that the reality could never possibly live up to. Right. Um, and here's a really unsexy uh, tip for you, but you need to have a plan for what are you going to do with the ejaculate. Yep. So having rags, have a towel or, or something, paper yes. towels or you know something uh, that you can grab because it's really unsexy laying there figuring out who's going to get up to right. handle this. Just to have something in your nightstand drawer or whatever. Yep. Um, and yeah, there's the old you know cheesy things like music or candles or yep. you know, something like that or um, but I think that some of the uh, best advice too, though, is don't go into it with the notion of we're going straight for the genitals. Uh, right. You, you know, massage oil. Right. Start out just you're just giving each other back rubs. Right. That's all. Naked back rubs. Or shower. Or, or shower. Take a together. shower together, or take a bath. If you're in a if you're in a honeymoon suite that's got a big jacuzzi tub, use it, and don't use it for sex right away. Use it to just relax. Re yes, yes. So skin to skin, 
creates that oxytocin, helps you relax, has the same effect on your brain as Valium, and just get comfortable with each other yep. in your own skin before any pressure comes up to perform oral sex or to have intercourse or do anything else. And uh, one thing that needs to be added here is what preventative measures are being used. Oh, yeah. Anxiety about pregnancy is a big boner killer. Right. Well, because <laughs> well, here's one thing that I know has happened to three women I right off the top of my head. Got they're, pregnant they're, on their honeymoon? No, that they were, you know, these were long-term engagements, so they were preparing. They got on the pill six months prior, you know, because they're like, okay, I, I know this is coming. But they felt a cold coming on right before the wedding, so they got their doctor to pre prescribe an antibiotic, which will possibly counteract the pill and so now they had to all of a sudden scramble once they hear what the pill and the antibiotics don't go to get uh-oh so now yeah. they're struggling or they're panicking because they found that after the fact and they're wondering am i pregnant now you know and so it's just having those kinds of conversations to know because sometimes a guy could be you know the, the husband could be sitting there saying i'm not wearing a condom that's why i'm getting married you know that's I, and, and that's one of the thoughts I've heard because the wife. And so is not willing. only will you be a husband this first year of marriage, right. you'll also be a daddy this right. first year of marriage. Well, but, so they could have this preconceived, the wife's going to take care of it. You know, she's going to have a pill. She's going to have a, an IUD, whatever it is that, but you need to have those thoughts and go in conversations of how are you going to handle that? Because that's a real thing. Right. And there's also the real thing of, yeah, there's five days out of the month where she could be on her period and it might just fall on the wedding day. <laughs> yep. And so what is your plan going to be if she's menstruating? Yep. Are you going to both be able to get over that? Yep. And my suggestion would be having sex in the shower would be a really great way yeah. to just, yeah. Yeah. But there's no reason. Uh, I know that there's some people who have biblical basis for saying that a couple should refrain from intercourse while she's menstruating, but that was Levitical law. Right. And the same way that we wear garments that are comprised of two different fabrics, uh, we don't live by that law anymore. And there's no medical reason, right. no physical reason right. why a woman shouldn't it's have just, intercourse while she's menstruating. Yeah, it just comes down right. to preference and, now. And for women who say, oh, but I would be cramping too. You know what? Intercourse really relieves cramps quite well along with that leave that you pop before you have sex. Nice prescription there. There you go. There you go. <laughs> what else can you think of, Corey? Well, the, just good preparation. Yeah, to, to me, the main thing is just like what you talked about, of just having some prep work, having a plan, and not thinking like I, I have to have this preconceived right when we walk in the door, we need to be getting clothes off and getting after it. It's just, okay, you're, you're embarking on life together. You're embarking on sex and life together. So why do you need to rush it? I mean, I've heard of couples that have waited till the next morning, you know, yep. they were so exhausted. It was like they had a nice makeout session and they were just going to kind of see where it went. And they both were kind of, you know what? I'm, I'm ready to just go to sleep. Right. They cuddled and they snuggled yeah. and they looked and they forward just, to what they the just next fell morning asleep would be. And it just turned out that way. So it's the more you can dispel the expectations, the better, the more you can yes. just, Hey, what happens is what happens because this isn't a one-time occurrence. Exactly. I was going to say what happens, the dynamic on your first night together is not indicative of what it's going to be like the rest right. of your lives together. There's right. going to be a lot of trial and error. There's going to be a few awkward moments, yep. misfires, painful moments. Yep. It, it, and that's okay. Yep. 
Welcome, That's intimacy. Welcome to married sex. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Corey, tell him really fast how you know the difference between married sex and single sex. Talking about your pants the other day. <laughs> oh, that's the... <laughs> Wow, that's the uh, the time where it's not portrayed in the movies where you know you're getting ready to get have sex with your spouse and as she takes your pants off, rather than just kicking them away, you're like, hold on, I'm gonna go ahead and put these away because you know touch it once that way I don't have to clean up a big mess afterwards. I'll meet you right back here in a minute, you know. And it's just like that's <laughs> when you take sex. time to fold yes. clothes and put them away. You know you're married. That's it. <laughs> hey, I hope this has been helpful. Because I think this is stuff that needs to be discussed, and it really does help couples begin a lifelong process together, not just a one-time occurrence. And and that's what we're big proponents of when it comes to Sexy Marriage Radio. So thanks for joining us. Uh, if you haven't registered for the Sexy Marriage Radio getaway, do so. Get on it. Do it now. Time, time's ticking toward yep. that early bird you, deadline. Want, we want to see you there. So thanks for taking time out of your day, and we will see you again next time. We love you for listening.